Your day has just begun. Yeah. But for DJ and PK, they're just hitting their stride. It's time for all your headlines from the night in sports. As DJ and PK tell you what's trending. Are you ready? On 97.5, 1280, The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Yeah. Hashtag Utah Jazz. <laughs> well, you know, uh, I'm certainly not an analytics guy, but we believe in facts. Uh, we believe in best practices. And that could be a draft model that helps our scouts and management and coaches team um, and health performance team pick a player. Or it could be it could be an analytical mo- model that shows us, you know, second waves and what we should uh, – uh, expect from an epidemiology standpoint, and I, I'm, I'm really grateful that we have a league led by Adam Silver, uh, guys that uh, really is going to put uh, the data and public health first and foremost. I can I can say that in full confidence. That's Dennis Lindsay on The Big Show, endorsing Adam Silver's work there. He did a Zoom conference call for about a half an hour with the, with the local media. PK, you and I were both on it. He said that uh, Gobert and Mitchell know they need each other. They're ready to move on. Uh, May 8th is the date to reopen for teams to go back to work. And he said it might be a little longer than that. They've got some things they want to do to tweak the Zions Bank Basketball Center, get exactly how they want it, meet stringent standards and all that stuff. Any headlines, anything jump out at you from this? Well, that bite that we just played, I mean, I don't think that's unique to the NBA. <laughs> There's not a league out there that is going to say, yeah, we don't really care about our safety of the players and all the folks involved. I mean, I think that's universal. So, uh, you know, But he is under the direction of Adam Silver, so I understand why he would be excited or at least be endorsing what Adam Silver is doing. I think everyone's doing... Everything, everyone's doing the same thing there. Uh, You know, the Gobert and the Mitchell thing. I think there's still some people out there who still want to hear from Mitchell. I mean, we just heard uh, what he he went on with some rapper, Fat uh, Joe or something, and said some stuff. But uh, other than that, he really hasn't come out and said anything strong in traditional media or at least the way media exists today where you can become your own media member and get on Instagram or any of these things that formats that are out there and platforms so he really hasn't been as strong as Rudy but it seemed like Rudy needed to do that because somehow in our and not necessarily in our minds but in the public mind Rudy was the uh, uh, what would you call it the offender not the offendee and until the offendee says yeah we're cool we can get through this and we can play I think there's going to be doubt in some people's minds now for those folks who've been involved I haven't been on these zoom calls with these guys like Dennis has apparently and maybe Quinn Snyder obviously that they would feel uh, more secure in saying what they're saying because they've witnessed it whereas the public hasn't been able to see it through uh, either an individual release or some form of media platform we're going to get to this uh, coming up. We've got it up on our Facebook page, DJ and PK. It's out there on Twitter now, David DJ James. See what you think about this. I just think that uh, you know, Dennis was always going to say that, and if it's true, he was going to say it. If it's not true, 
And let's say, you know, because it's a spectrum. I don't think it's just a yes-no, right? There's a spectrum of the relationship. But let's just say it was awful and you had to make a deal. Well, you don't strengthen your position trying to make a deal by saying, it's awful, I have to make a deal. You're going to say, it's good. So either way, he was probably going to come out and say that. So I think there's other things to look for when you're trying to evaluate that, and we can get to that coming up. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Hashtag NFL. I feel like Jordan Love was the best available player. And then when you're going through the draft process, all right, if the guy that you want is not there, you go to you take the best available player. And I think that's what the Packers did. And they're preparing for the future when Aaron is done. And I think anybody greater to learn from is nobody. And <laughs> Roger. So I like the pick. That's the former Packer wide receiver, James Jones, right there. The debate in Green Bay. All across Wisconsin was Jordan Love the right guy. James Jones likes the pick. Leaving one legend and moving on and giving the starting quarterback job to somebody else, that's usually, that's usually going to be a, uh, a debate topic, so there's no way around it. And until they play, they're just going to keep talking about it, PK. Yeah, but I think that, and I know it's not popular around here, and we're supposed to support uh, support Jordan Love and Utah State and all that stuff, but I have no connection to Utah State, nor do I have anyone to Jordan Love. Uh, if the Packers are in win-now mode, was that the best pick for them? And, and there was only one player that they could have wanted in the entire draft? So and that player went earlier. I, I don't. I don't buy it. I mean, I think you got a slew of guys. The NFL is about numbers, so you have to ask yourself. You know, what is the best situation for you to win now, or are we building for the future? Can you? Can, this pick doesn't indicate that you could do both. Now you're going to have other players that you take that would be for the future. So. You know, I'm not so sure it was the best pick uh, as far as winning now. You, know, you look at the Jazz when they had the statues. What did they do? They constantly added veterans, right? There's a whole slew of them that they had out there. Manning, Starks. I mean, I, I would need a list to remember all the guys that they that they added. Antoine, Antoine Carr, veteran. That weren't young dudes, that they were older guys because they were in win-now mode. Well, they didn't get it done, you know, and they tried with that trade and all with Cycling because they wanted to win now. Does this pick for the Packers indicate that they're doing all they can to win now? I no. think it leaves into the debate that no, it's not. So I think the criticism of Jordan Love is valid, and I realize it's not popular here, but I don't care what people think of me in that regard. So that's just my opinion. You don't want to agree with it. That's fine. So, yeah, I, I had our eyebrow raised. We haven't really discussed it that much, but I think it's valid criticism. I think the eyebrow-raising part of it was not only that you would think they'd be in win-now mode because they were the two-seed and they went to the NFC title game and Aaron Rodgers is into his late 30s here. So that just screams win-now mode. But on top of that, they didn't just draft love. They traded a mid-round pick, a fourth-round pick, where you can get a really good player someone who can help you now and help you later, and they traded it to move up four slots. I mean, to me, drafting him in the first round would have been, would have triggered the conversation you just had. But the fact that they moved a mid-round pick to move up four spots, he was about to go and you valued him that much, and that that's an exclamation point on the whole deal. 
Yeah, and if that's what they wanted to do, fine. But I think it's open to some form of criticism. 16-year NFL veteran Frank Gore signed a one-year deal to join the Jets. Gore will turn 37 a week from tomorrow. The NFL's all-time leading... He's got an all, a shot to be the NFL's all-time leading rusher. Actually, probably second could be the as far as he can go. I don't know. There's speculation on where you, you think he'll stack up in all this, but... He's pretty far up the list right now with a chance to climb, but he is 37. Now, they've got Le'Veon Bell there, but you like to have insurance back up, and it wouldn't be surprising if they split carries, you know, 80-20 or 70-30, something like that to keep Le'Veon Bell fresher for later in the season. NFL's formulated a ticket refund plan for canceled games or those held without fans. A memo sent to 32 teams by Commissioner Roger Goodell was obtained by the Associated Press on Tuesday. Uniform baseline for full refunds on any tickets. But I was also reading they've got a plan to kick the season off at Thanksgiving. So they're working on multiple plans right now, PK. Who knows what they're going to do? <laughs> I remain optimistic that the season will start. Nice. I like that. I like your optimism. A nonprofit group called the Mississippi Community Education Center that is caught up in an embezzlement scheme in Mississippi used federal welfare money to pay former NFL quarterback Brett Favre $1.1 million for multiple speaking engagements. But Favre did not show up for the events. State auditor said that earlier this week. Favre lives in Mississippi and currently faces no criminal charges over this. So we'll see where that goes. That's crazy. A million bucks to not show up. Is he, is he a college student again? I like it. Back in the day at Southern Miss. Rookie quarterback Tua Tagovailoa will wear number one on his jersey. If you thought he was going to wear number 13, well, Dan Marino wore number 13, and the Dolphins retired that number. And Tua didn't want to ask Marino to unretire his jersey. Good move. You're a rookie. He's Dan Marino. Yeah, why not wear 13.5, though? I mean, why not get some fractions in there? (laughs) Decimal points, I like it. I mean, why not? What's so bad about that? Uh, NFL rules, no decimal points. You can change the rules. These are not the Ten Commandments here, buddy. DJ and PK. Hashtag college football. Cue PK's response, Jack. Notre Dame Athletic Director Jack Swarbrick said he's confident the Fighting Irish can play a full schedule even if conferences opt for a conference game-only model. Quote, we are very comfortable that if it goes that way, we'll be fine. We'll be able to play a high-quality, full schedule, the same number of games that other teams will play. Because Notre Dame is a cash cow, and if people are going to start cutting games off their schedule, they don't want to cut the Notre Dame game off their schedule. Uh, You need to... uh, uh to differentiate when you have the close quote there because you quoted him and then you went into your own statement on the quote. Well, people may not know that. They may think that was still the athletic director because Notre Dame is a cash cow. So you got to give them the close quote. That was very, very inaccurate of you. We'll be able to play a high-quality full schedule the same number of games other teams will play. Close quote. Well, you didn't say that. Then, blah, 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 cash cow, blah, 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 big games, blah, 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 Notre Dame, nobody in their right mind's canceling that game, 
Notre Dame will be fine. And since there's an even number of teams in Power 5 conferences, if Notre Dame's going to play all their Power 5 games, guess who else would have a chance to play Power 5 games? Liberty. B. Why? You. Other things to worry about, people. Move on. All right, that's what's going on. There you go. What is trending is brought to you by Shamrock Plumbing. Receive a free reverse osmosis system with the purchase of any water softener. Shamrock Plumbing. 801-295-1690. That's Shamrock Plumbing. This is a joke. Why are we not having the Korean baseball results daily? I want to know what's going on. Yuck. You really want to do this? Okay. Uh, it's live baseball. Hashtag Major League Baseball. <laughs> Korean baseball. Korean baseball organization baseball. <laughs> Googling Korean baseball standings. I know the Doosan Bears were playing to What, huh? The Doosan Bears. Huh. Right. They've been hibernating. It's now time to play ball. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so Kiwoom beat Kia 3-2 today. The Lati Giants uh, beat KT 9-4. Yeah. The Doosan Bears beat the LG Twins 5-2. Right. Uh, Those are legitimate games. The NC Dinos, PK, your team beat the Sam- beat Samsung uh, 4-3. So congratulations. They an entire corporation. They're taking on entire corporations. It's a major corporation, and they're beating them. you got to give it up for the Dinos. And then SK beat Hanwha 5-2. So it's a 10-team league. Samsung and Kia I've heard of after that. Mm, I don't know. Well, yeah, Kia has three teams. Yeah, Kia, Kia, Kia. Yeah, exactly. Well, the one that played played Key Woman, they lost, so they better they better get it together. Those How games. Key Bis- they playing Key Biscayne? <laughs> Key West? No. Key Largo? <laughs> Could you build a stadium on Key Largo? How far is the island across? You've been down there. Key West, Key Largo. How big are those islands? Uh, they're not that big. Maybe they're uh, Key Largo. I think it's. Have to double check, but I think it's it's fairly tiny. But if you ever take that trip, once when I discovered that they it's basically speed traps because when you go over the water, you can go faster, and then when you get over the land, boom! You better slow down, or they're gonna zap you. All right. Well, it gives me something to worry about during the break. How big is Key West? Looks like it's about two miles long. And I will have to get. Uh, I'll have KBO we gotta promote some of these players, man. These the Korean players. Find out who they are. These are the. This is a wave of the future. If, if we're not going to open it up, we, we got to go someplace where they do. I'll do All my right. homework. We'll do. Get some Korean baseball stats on the air. We need to know. I was reading up on a guy that they compared to Kyle Schwarber yesterday. It plays in Korea, so we'll talk about that. When we come back, there will be less news about Korean baseball. Be a little more news about the Utah Jazz. Dennis Lindsay meeting with the media. We will get to that coming up next. How worried are you about Rudy and Donovan? Stay with us. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Let's go! The Big Show. It's a big deal! 
with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott. Executive Vice President of Basketball Operations for the Jazz, Dennis Lindsay, with us. Your thoughts on the relationship between Rudy and Donovan? What happened March 12th at Oklahoma City just brought a microscope to a team that was really unprecedented. And the best I can tell you guys is we not only believe in Donovan and Rudy, but we believe in the entire group moving forward. Specifically those two, they're both ready to move forward as professionals. I think our group will come together. I expect great things to happen and we're going to have a very hungry team coming out of this COVID-19 hiatus period. The Big Show. Weekdays from 2 to 7 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Hot Takes or Toast is brought to you by Master Electrical Services. Master Electrical is always open during this challenging time. Call Master Electrical at 801-543-2222 for upfront pricing, and your satisfaction is guaranteed. Master Electrical Services will light up your day. So Dennis Lindsay met with the media, came on the big show. He was uh, on a Zoom call for about half an hour that PK and I were on, so you got to hear him talk about a... uh, a bunch of different topics, but the very first question, which was prefaced with, Dennis, you know this is coming, so let's get it out of the way right from the get-go here. What about the relationship between Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell? So our question, is that saga over now that Dennis Lindsay addressed it, and, and he says it is over? Ryan dismisses the entire conversation. It doesn't matter, even if they were star-crossed lovers with the best on-court chemistry ever, they are never bringing a ring to Utah. Boom! There it is. It just doesn't matter. Start chanting it. It just doesn't matter. Ryan, dismissing the whole thing. So, in the history of the league, every year, only one thing matters to one team. The rest doesn't matter. The rest is garbage. No, because there's arenas all over the place and games are televised and people scream and people holler and people curse and people stomp their foot and whatever else they do. Uh, Don't forget buying overpriced beer. There's that. (laughs) Don't forget that. Uh, Yeah, I think there's way more to it than that. If nothing else, it's a good passage of time and winter nights when you're not outside and all that stuff that's been going on for years, obviously. It provides a boatload of entertainment. It's like, well, I went to the movies, and that didn't win the Academy Award, so that was nothing. (laughs) (laughs) Roy says, I didn't realize there was a problem. I'm too busy trying to dodge microparticles of the death virus. I got a laughing emoji out of somebody. Probably, I don't know if he's being sarcastic, but you're doing very good on that because the death rate, at least in Utah, is very low. About 50 people-ish, maybe 60. And how many of them are already already had uh, pre-existing health conditions? Yeah, to what degree, I don't know. Adam says, uh, I think they both need to grow up and remember what the importance is, team chemistry, offensively and defensively. Bring Utah a ring like Jordan did for Chicago. You both got millions. Now play like you care. You want to be in Utah and not best friends. This is getting ridiculous. Well, the ridiculous part would be all the rest of us talking about it forever. They're not talking about it that much. Yeah, but Dennis Lindsay talked about it. That's why we're talking about it. Sure. And Dennis talked about it because he got asked a direct question. He still chose to answer the question in the manner that he did. True story. 
we wouldn't be talking about it if Dennis didn't talk about it. Nope. It's been out and there. We, was, we've talked about it before. He was fully prepared to talk about it. He knew it was coming. There was nothing that came that didn't uh, was a surprise to him. He was fully prepared to answer it. He knew that. He took no offense to the question, and he gave the answer. An answer you could have predicted. Because, as I said in the last segment, that's how he has to answer it. If it's true, that's what he's going to say. And if it's not true, he's still going to say it. I mean, as a GM, you don't usually stir the pot on whatever's going on in the locker room. And if it's really bad, and we'll get to people who think it's the worst-case scenario ever, if it's really bad and you had to trade somebody, you definitely wouldn't want to weaken your position by talking about it. So he knew the question was coming. He knew what the answer had to be. We knew what the answer had to be, and there it is. So if he didn't believe it, you're saying he was lying? He would have to. Really? Wow, that's interesting. Uh, I think you get in trouble when you lie, but then maybe I'm different that way. So I don't, I don't think lying is going to serve the organization any benefit in any way with anybody, any team in the league and their fans or season ticket holders or sponsors. I would certainly caution against lying. I don't think that he had to lie. I would suspect the rest of the league doesn't buy it or at least thinks there's a chance it isn't true. Maybe they don't know definitively one way or another, and that they're uh, calling, offering up deals. I, I would assume as soon as this broke, his phone ring. Maybe it, it dies down because you can't, can't keep calling and offering another deal, you know, day after day, week after week, month after month. I mean, yeah, it's been uh, seven weeks now, I think. I don't know that it necessarily weakens their position. Why would – I don't know that I assume that. I do. I mean, I just don't think you usually want to talk about how badly you want to trade somebody. Well, yeah, but I, I don't know why would you say that in any form of answer, though. I don't, I don't know why trading someone would come up in the answer in the first place. I don't, I don't know why you would even go down that road to, to, you to think that. You wouldn't. You'd go down the road he did. But if you don't believe it, I don't think you go down that. That's my whole point. I don't think if you, if you don't believe it, you don't go down that road. But if you don't believe it, that doesn't necessarily mean that it weakens your position as an organization. Because how many teams out there are going to want to pay Gobert uh, this outrageous amount of money, this super max spiel, when that comes up in a year? And I, we don't even know that the Jazz are going to want to pay that. So... I don't understand why it the 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 situation the the way the game is played Gobert's bargaining power may be weakened unto itself even if he was the best man at Mitchell's wedding. Yeah, that's true. So I don't see why it it is weakening the Jazz's point and position. I, I, I that sounds good in theory and that's the canned answer, but I don't know that it applies in this situation. I don't know that it does either. I mean, the, the thing is, there might not be a problem, and everything could be just as fabulous as Dennis said it is. I mean, I think we'll know more when we see how they play together. And if it doesn't impact how they play together, who cares if they're kind of best friends or really best friends or don't even go to dinner or go to dinner once a month or, 
you know, that's all soap opera. What really matters to most jazz fans is how they play. But they have no choice but how they play. They have to play well. These guys have won jack squat in this league, and so now they're going to go out and be pouty and not play together? I don't buy that either. What position have they established themselves in the league? They're nice players, and they made the all-star team, but that's great. But if that's all they do, if this is the highlight of their careers, then they're going to be forgotten in, in the league sense. They have so much more to accomplish. They're in no position to be dictating to anyone, get rid of this player. I can't play with them. Who the hell are you? They're not going to be saying that. That's not even a possibility. They're nothing in terms of legacy in this league. Now they have an opportunity to establish something and establish something very good individually and collectively, but they haven't done that yet. Mitchell looks like he's going to be a superstar, but he's not there yet. So I, I, I don't see some 23-year-old who has getting beaten the first round last year running his mouth acting like, well, man, you better do what I tell you. What? For what? We already went down that road with Hayward. And that, that, they bounced back overnight virtually from that, and Hayward's a role player being drastically overpaid for Boston. So forget that. And I, I don't see where all this stuff, at its worst – which I don't think it is, but just for argument's sake, at its worst, I don't see where that devalues the Jazz and puts them in a bad position. Well, the thing that could help them is if there are multiple suitors, then even if they know you have to trade, they're bidding against each other. So that would be the thing. But, I mean, we're getting a cart in front of the horse here. I mean, I think they have to get back to play. You have to see how they get along when they're around each other every day. And more importantly, you have to see how all this translates to winning. Now, when they come back, it's going to be a weird deal. Neutral court playoffs with no crowd. I mean, it's... It's going to yeah, be odd, but nonetheless, it is. And nonetheless, they have to evaluate because, as you pointed out earlier, what really matters is what happens when you hit free agency. Does the team, does this team want to commit to the Supermax? Do other teams want to commit to the Supermax? And you got to kind of figure that out before you get there. If you're going to make a trade, Yeah, well, and that's so that's that all has point. to be yeah. sorted out when they start playing again. And that has nothing to do whether these guys are roommates and love <laughs> each other. It has zero to do with it. It's it's irrelevant. Who cares? It has no bearing whatsoever. When they get back out on the floor, they're going to play. They have no other choice but going to play. This isn't Shaq and Kobe here that are at high high levels, and so they can dictate this or that. And, and the Lakers were uh, so up against it. You know, who'd they get? They get Lamar Odom again in that trade? He ended up helping them win titles. And then obviously they need to get soul. But uh, that, you know, it's not like the Laker franchise crumbled because, oh, my gosh, well, they're, gonna, they're not going to choose Shaq. Well, the chat, they didn't, part of it was rather than the fact that these two didn't get along, is it was a financial aspect. He's running up and down the floor, pay me. They didn't want to pay him. So they got rid of him, and they still won titles. So I don't see where this is bad news, doomsday for the Jazz, that Dennis Lindsay is just going to have to trade uh, Gobert for a second-round pick in 2047 in a bees ticket. I mean, I, didn't, I, I, don't, I don't see that. That's why I don't think he could have said whatever he wanted, and I don't think it would have any effect a year from now going forward. 
because I don't know how much bargaining power Gobert is going to have. Since Gobert has come in the league, which isn't that long ago, the league has changed dramatically. And what are the Jazz going to want to do? Are they going to want to play four out and one in, or are they going to want a center who shoots threes and spreads the floor? Are they going to want that portion of the salary cap all tied up in one guy? Exactly, yeah. All questions that have to be answered. And None regardless of, which, of these two, right. it has to be answered. Yeah. Uh, Jim says, uh, Dennis also said Hayward was happy after their meeting. We saw what happened there. I got some thumbs up and some laughter. Thank goodness we saw what happened there. <laughs> Who would want to pay that guy that much money? <laughs> to be the third best player or fourth best player on the court. A pouty dude, and they got to worry about his child bride over here, what she's thinking, and all that stuff. What do you, you don't need that drama? Forget that. That was that we didn't realize it at the time. It was such a blow, but that was a blessing. Jim Matthew Cheshire says, uh, I don't think it's over until Donovan addresses it specifically, which he's deliberately refusing to do at this point. Too busy playing 2K, I guess. Well, I don't know what Mitchell's doing in his own free time. He's got 24 hours a day. I don't know how much time he's devoting to the video stuff and the 2K stuff. Uh, but he hasn't come out in the strong sense the way Gobert did. But again, I think it goes back to we view Gobert as the offender. I don't, but people do. They view him as the offender and Mitchell as the offendee. And so Gobert made his statements, and now Mitchell... Apparently, because he hasn't come out in a public form to the degree that Gobert did it. And you don't even have to get the media involved. The media has never been more devalued. A, it's not trusted. B, it's basically not needed anymore because you can do it on your own. You can write something on the Players' Tribune. I mean, I, we, we know that. Out, you can tweet it out in 140 characters. Or you can make a video of yourself and, and put it on Instagram and all TikTok yep. and who, who knows what else is going to be out there in the coming years. But for now, there's, the media is irrelevant. Uh, they, they're just not needed uh, in, in that way. And that's part of the reason why newspapers obviously are suffering greatly is because by the time they get around to it, it's old news. Uh, so... Mitchell has chosen not to do that, so we view that form of silence as some form of extreme bitterness to mild dislike and anywhere in between, wherever you want to go on that timeline. Well, in the absence of information, people will create the backstory, right? We've heard that if a million times. If they want to, yes. We've heard that a million times. Yeah. And it's because, you know, you can sit around and uh, think about NBA history. And even if you're not young enough to have lived it these days, you can just sit around and watch 30 for 30 documentaries and NBA histories about teammates who didn't get along and how it impacted teams. And you just you can create the own backstory. So until they get out there and play and we see how well they play together, and after that, who cares how close they are? I mean, we've seen all the stuff about the bad boys because of the MJ story, and now the, the Jordan thing is just going crazy and so many people are watching it that on the other days they're replaying stuff, and whether it's about the Dream Team or whatever. We don't really know which Pistons really got along and which weren't as close and who did or didn't like each other and who's in touch now that they're not playing and all that. They won. That's what we know. And then 
because it blew up with Adrian Dantley, you know, we know that. They, they traded Mark Aguirre for Adrian Dantley. In the documentary thing, of the 30 for 30 I saw in The Bad Boys, you could see AD glaring at the bench. They were talking about how he wanted more shots and he wanted to be the star. And you could see him glaring at the bench at Chuck Daly when he didn't get shots. And so people use these other stories and fill in. Isn't that what they did in the dinosaur movies, Jurassic Park? They don't have the full fossils, so you, you fill it in with the frog DNA or whatever. It's kind of like that. So this, yeah, is it, all, this is all good now, whatever Dennis says now and whatever people think and fill in. But when they play, then we'll see how they play. And even then, how they play will be wow. more important than how much they're getting along. Although, if there's a big issue off the court, that can carry over onto the court. And right now with no games... You know, there's a percentage of the JS fan base that's going to worry about that. See, when a guy wants more shots in your Adrian Dantley thing, which is a fine example, and it's based on what you saw, and that's great, no problem there. But he's not mad at Isaiah Thomas. So if Mm. Gobert isn't getting enough shots, just use this as an example. I don't know that it is, but I'll use it as an example. He's not mad at... Donovan Mitchell. I have no reason to have any suspicion. I don't need to see how they're going to play together. I already know it. I've already seen it. It's not going to change. If Gobert doesn't get enough shots and he thinks he wants more shots, it's not going to be because of Donovan Mitchell getting in the way of his shot taking. Donovan Mitchell is not going to control or limit Rudy Gobert's FGAs. So if Gobert has an issue there, like you just said AD had, it wasn't with any singular player. So we're creating a rift that doesn't exist because it's not. Adrian Danley was not mad at any individual player. So it's the same type of thing. So there's no possible rift on the floor. Any rift they would have would be off the floor. On the floor, Mitchell doesn't control how many FGAs. He can contribute to it, but he's not the sole factor. Well, I'm only getting eight FGAs, and I want 14. So, Donovan, give me six more. Mitchell can't do that even if he wanted to do it. So there's no problem there. You know, the, the problem with my analogy was, you know, AD, that was an era where there were more set plays. And so you could call a player's uh, name and number. Now, you know, with the ball movement, it's everybody who touches the ball, mostly to be the guys who run pick and rolls because Rudy tends to, you know, roll to the rim, you throw him the alley-oop, he dunks it. We've all seen the play a million times. But, you know, with the Jazz, there's at least three guys running pick and rolls. Yeah. You know, obviously Conley's going to initiate some of them. Donovan's going to run some of them. And obviously Joe's going to have the ball in his hands quite a bit too. Exactly, yes. But with the ball moving on any given play, lots of people have decisions to make. Right, so it's going to be spread out. So that's why I don't need to see how they're going to play together. I've already already seen it. I've seen it a million times. No, go ahead, read it. Jonathan says, it's all going to fade away, guys, once they can start playing games and we can start watching them. Yeah, this will fade away one way or the other. Doesn't necessarily mean it's going to fade away to the the way he intends it to be, that everything will be fine. I don't know that, but it'll fade away one way or the other because they have a big decision to make, and they always do. Whether you, Every summer. I, I didn't get a chance to ask a question, but that's what I wanted to ask, Dennis, as far as you know, 
what is this time now? How is it affecting your decision-making processes? And you always have decisions. You know, it's Clarkson this summer, right? Next summer, Gobert, and then Conley, and Joe Ingles, and the following summer, you know, whomever. It goes on and on. You know, they'll have players that they don't even have in the roster now that in two years they'll have to make a decision on, right? So it's, it's a never-ending job in roster construction. It literally is all the time, right? Because you're adding guys and subtracting guys every single year. And so how is this time affecting it is it actually helping it It, things have stopped so you're sort of in a timeout and maybe you could think clearer because when you're this time of year we hope that they would have been in the second round and you're not really necessarily focused in on the data and all these things that you can look at when you don't have the pressure of trying to worry about and winning a ball game tomorrow night or tonight so i would have liked to known the answer to that but that'll always be ongoing and that that's that's why the job is so fascinating and following a big league, a professional sports organization to me is always intriguing because there's always questions. Even the best team, the Lakers, right? They got questions, right? LeBron is pushing 36 and Anthony Davis is a free agent plus the other guys. What are you going to do with Kuzma and so forth and so on? That's why to me it's so fascinating because all of us get to play general manager in our own little minds, you know, what would we do if we were in that position? Well, what would I do? I would panic, and and uh, I don't know what I would do <laughs> to have to make these decisions that you have to d- decide, not on the fly, but they're so huge when you make those decisions. You know, acquiring Conley and his salary and letting basically Rubio and Favors go, that's a huge decision. Could you imagine having to make that decision? That's big time. Pit of your stomach, growling. You'd think so. Constant ache. Oh, yeah, the stress. I mean, it's easy for us. Even if they come to the same decision that we do from a distance, from a distance, we aren't going to bear the fallout in the same way if we're wrong. Not at all. And so we can sit there and make decisions, and they stress over them. Dennis once uh, made some sarcastic, funny crack about, uh, um, remember remember when they were going the never skip step stuff, and then, you know, oh, at yeah, some yeah, point yeah. it'll yeah. be time to push our chips to the middle of the table. So the season ended, they missed the playoffs, and I asked a question in the clean out the lockers press conference thing they do now, you know, is it time to push the chips to the middle of the table? And I think it was like the second or third question. If I hadn't asked it, Ten other people in the room were going to ask it, right? It was the obvious question. And also, they gotten good enough that the answer was going to be, yeah, they're going to bring in veterans, which they ultimately did with, you know, it was, it was the year they brought in Joe Johnson, right? And they brought in uh, Boris Diaw, and they brought in somebody else I'm forgetting right now. Uh, George but, Hill. Yes, George Hill, right. And so they made all these decisions. Now I didn't have any idea which guys they were going to bring in, but it was pretty sure, I was pretty sure they were going to bring in veterans, and I don't think I'm the only one who thought that. But he still made, oh, David James had to go out there and blur out the question, you know, or the owner, I think. He was just, you know, busting chops. We were killing time waiting for something, right? And I remember thinking, yeah, but it was obvious you were going to. Yeah, but he's the one who had to do it. And he's the one who had to go to the owner and explain it. And I thought he was going to do it. You probably thought he was going to do it. There are probably hundreds of Jazz fans right now think he's going to have to do it. But when you're the one who has to do it, that's way harder. Even if we're all over there nodding like, yeah, well, that's what you're going to do. 
But that's where they get paid the big money, right, PK? Well, it is a high-risk, high-reward, certainly relative to what we get paid, and it's much more of a lower-risk, lower-reward, financially anyway. Uh, I'm doing my dream job, and I didn't have any a chance to get any in professional sports organizations. This was, this was for me, this was literally as high as I could go, and I got here, so I've got no complaints. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Coming up, what'd you watch last night? We'll get to that next. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. This is Hans Olsen and Scotty G on the Zone Sports Network. Do you ever think you could have been a competitive eater? No. Take the structure out of it. I could eat a half gallon ice cream right now. Okay, how quick? In uh, 20 minutes. That's one segment, Lloyd. Are we ready to do this on the air? Now? The thing is, it's just not my thing anymore. You just threw it out there that you could eat a half gallon ice cream in 20 minutes. Yeah, well, you could jump on a donkey naked and ride it. But But it's not your thing anymore. Is it your thing? Do you want to do it? Okay, how many mozzarella sticks could you eat in one sitting? In one sitting in 20 minutes. Probably 20. I've got a half gallon of ice cream in front of me, and Scotty's got 20 mozzarella sticks in front of him. Who finishes first? Do either one of us finish? And Lloyd's got a donkey. (laughs) Hanson Scotty. Weekdays from 10 to 2 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. With a little extra time on your hands, it's time to talk about what we're doing to kill time. What did you watch last night with DJ and PK on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network? Too much time on my hands. Too much time on my hands. Well, PK, what'd you watch last night? That's kill a little time. I watch something that I don't understand, and I watch it every year for a little bit, and I decided to watch it uh, last night because I didn't really see anything that was catching my attention that was all that good. And I'm speaking of what comes on right after the Macy's Day Thanksgiving Parade, which is always a tradition. My mother loved it, so I always watch it in her honor every Thanksgiving. So I watched the National Dog Show. And they had that going on as far back as 2013. And somebody helped me out here because I'm watching his dog show and all I see is a bunch of middle-aged, usually portly people who are jogging around in a circle with a well-groomed dog. And then there's somebody there who's running the show, whether it's a man or woman, they're neatly dressed, looking great as if they were going to a wedding or even being in the wedding. And then they call the dogs out, a first place, a second place, and a third place. And they have people commentating. But what are they basing it on? Why are these dogs selected out of about 20 or 30 dogs over the other dogs? It, what do they use? What's the criteria that they choose a win, place, and show out of these dogs after they all just jog around in a circle either someone in a tux or a suit or a nice dress and they're usually you know slightly pudgy when they're doing it and the dogs look great some of them are hysterical funny they're funny looking they look great but how do they choose it i don't understand it and i watched it for a good hour and i still don't understand it i've never understood it i was in 4-h as a kid and i've seen uh Cattle and pigs and goats and sheep and, and all that stuff. And the dog thing is still a total mystery to me. 
I can never do? Wa- I can never watch it for for more than about three minutes. And really, I just watch to see who's got the smallest dog and who's got the biggest dog. Sometimes someone comes out with some dog breed, and I don't even know what they all are, but the dog looks like a horse. I guess I know what a Great Dane is, but I don't know all these other. I don't know all the dog breeds, but some of them look like you know you could saddle them up and ride them, and then you got others that are so tiny. You're like, oh come on, that's that's a little machine. That's a little animatronic thing with some fur glued to it or something. That's not really a dog. It really is a dog. Things like ankle high and it's running around on a leash. What? But, but then the I get size, bored. Size. It's it's all about the heart of the dog. It's not about the size of the dog because well, you can have a small dog, you can have a big dog, you can have a medium dog. What? I need somebody who's in the dog show. Get on her line. Get on her app. What are they used for the criteria to judge the dogs? So your mom always watched that, or she no. watched? She just watched the parade, no. but not the dogs. Pay the hell attention. She watched the parade, but. Once Santa comes I now, down, right afterward, right the, the dog show comes on after the parade. Ah, but she didn't watch that. She she was done. Correct. But I've since watched it because it's on the channel. I don't immediately get up, change the channel. I don't know if the Lions are playing immediately. Maybe they are, but I don't really watch pregame shows anyway. And I mean, I love Howie Long, but I don't give a crap what he thinks about the tie, what uh, the Lions need to do to win that game. I'm going to watch the game for myself. And so I haven't turned on the game yet. So the dog show always spills over. Well, last night, flicking around, didn't see any attractive alternative. I watched at least, at least a half hour, if not longer, of the dog show. Because I got a young little boxer. He made his TV debut a couple of weeks ago. And so there was a boxer on one of them. And so we watched it. And so that led us, and the boxer was at the end. It was probably the 28th dog that they looked. And my wife and I, we wanted to see the boxer run around. Well... That, they didn't even get to it. It's like, it was a, uh, I can't remember if it was a lady or a fee, uh, male judge. He he just called it. He called it. It was like, okay. It was like the, you know, when they play the match plays in golf, and there's not enough holes. So on the 15th, it's over. So the boxer didn't even get a chance to run around in the circle. So I didn't even get to see that. So the boxer got beat three and two? Something along those lines, yes. But I'm wondering, what do they use to figure out who wins? I was pissed that the boxer didn't even get an opportunity because this is our second boxer, and I have a feeling, depending on how long we live, it won't be the last one. (laughs) So, uh, you know, I've gotten into boxers, and now I know a little bit about them. They form a C when you come home to greet you. So they put their body in a curve of a C, so the head is at the top of the C, and they're looking back at you, and the butt is at the bottom of the C, the letter C. And that's the way they are when you come home from being out of work or wherever. That's the way they greet you, right? So there's certain characteristics that I've learned about this breed of, of dog. And it's a great dog. There's no doubt about it. I still I miss my other boxer dearly. I'm having a hard time adjusting to this dog because I'm still grieving the loss of the other one. But that's just that's me. How do they figure out the criteria? Somebody got to tell me because I need to know. I, I, I desperately want to know. Come on, people. Help me out. I've been providing great radio entertainment for you for nearly two freaking decades. I'm asking for your help. How do they determine what is the criteria on who wins these dog shows or not? Tell me, baby, baby. Do I need to know? I need to know. I do. I got nothing for you. I'd help if I could, but this dog show stuff... Total mystery. Don't understand it. 
don't even know enough to contribute, fake a little bit of knowledge, nothing. I'm a, well, I'm a beginner, a novice. I must be taught everything. And once we get competition, you know, I get excited. You're in. You're in. Competitive, yeah. yeah. And you see the dogs and the owners. But it's, it's yeah. not a competition if the boxer doesn't even get to run in a circle. You know me, I'm all about the food. Did the boxer get a treat? I mean, they train him to do this with treats, right? There ought to be a treat at the end of this. I can even take the dog show back to food. Yeah, I, I don't know if it's SeaWorld here. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm not sure. Have the, sea, the, have the seal spin the ball on its nose? Give it yeah, a I don't know how that works uh, as far as the treats go. I, don't, I, I really didn't pay attention to that, to where they give them something to eat like they do on all the, uh, the fishes and the forms of animals when you go to SeaWorld and all that stuff. So I don't know about that. Uh, but I just I need to know how do they make their determinations and their their judgments on who gets to win. Somebody in our listening audience has got to know how these dog shows determine who finishes and who's out of the money and and I mean it's it's I feel bad for the losers, man. They've been training. They get their best Sunday gear. Get Sunday go to meeting clothes and they're out there looking <laughs> great. The lady puts on the sequin dress and runs yeah. the boxer around the place. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And Madison Square Garden is packed. Right. People are going nuts. and yeah, it's, I find it entertaining, but I, I just need to know what the freak is up with it. All right, DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Coming up this morning, we've got some college football in front of us at 8.30. Dave Southern, Boise State writer for The Athletic, will join us to talk about the Broncos. Of course, BYU and Utah State will both be playing Boise State. And uh, Tyson Alger will be here, Oregon Ducks writer for The Athletic. That's at 9.30. The Pac-12 champs. I mean, obviously, Boise State has their crack. The Pac-12 champs. <laughs> will they be able to repeat? Oregon is just basically a hooker. DJ PKS 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.